Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. So I have this theory. I know you agree with me. <laughs> Which is why we're talking the about the only it. thing we ever say on this podcast. I'm going to say something, and I know you're going to agree with me. <laughs> but I have this theory that you could make less revenue and walk away with more dollars in your pocket if you do some very strategic things. Teach me your ways. <laughs> Teach me your ways. But you agree, yeah? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so here's the thing. Emily and I, like many of you, have walked down this path of owning a business and just wanted to jog, run, grow, do the thing, scale, right? We wanted to, I don't know, I don't know why I just danced through that, but whatever. Also, I feel like if I hear the scale one, the word scale one more time in the year 2020, I'm going to poke someone's eyeballs out. I know, I know. But we wanted... And like so many other business owners, we wanted to see growth, like big growth in our business. And we wanted to really explode things, not just like make a little more money, but like make a lot more money. And we did that in the first couple of years of our business. In the first six months, we made 100000 We doubled that four months later. We went on to have a multiple six-figure business our second year. And over $500,000 the year after that. Which ain't no small potatoes, first of all. No. But you know what we did? We were like, that's not enough. Let's run towards a million. If we've doubled it year over year, why can't we do that again? You could. Like, I'm not saying you can't. No. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with making more money. No. We're in the camp of that still. But I think there's some things that you can do when all you're focused on is that top line number that ultimately shoot yourself in the foot. (laughs) Yeah. You're really actually just like inflating your ego and you're not actually making more dollars. I know plenty of people that look very successful online and no doubt are like it takes a lot to get to certain stages in business. But I know a lot of people that like did it in ways that they don't get to keep a lot of what's left. And that is where we were headed. Oh, and so the conversation that I want to talk about today is (laughs) it's kind of like it was our biggest 
learning curve slash mistake slash lesson of 2019, probably of 18 and 19 combined, to be honest with you guys. And it's one of those things where it's like, oh, 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 we realized we were going after this thing, this goal. So we thought we had to do these things to make that happen. When in reality, like we probably didn't. And what's the point of reaching that goal when you're actually like personally not making any more money or business isn't able to save that much money or you're in a hiring freeze because there's not enough cash to go around or you're panicking about the next result of the next launch to carry you through to the next quarter so that you can. And it just became all of these like, this is dependent on this working. And if you guys haven't learned this lesson yet, let me be the first to tell you that is not a fun or effective way of running a business. Right. So I want to be very honest about some mistakes we made and some things that I think can help you see through the BS that's out there online. I think there's some real things holding you back. And if you actually heard from someone who's been through it, maybe you could avoid some of the traps that I think that are really out there. Um, The first thing I want to say is if you have gotten to your first six figures. I want to give you so many props. I want to like have a dance party for you in your honor. You guys, there is something about hitting $100,000 that unlocks this new level of confidence that allows you to see your potential. And you might not see the full potential yet. I think most people have a hard time seeing their full potential, but you're starting to see that maybe there's more for you out there than you expected and anticipated. But what I didn't understand is that a lot of the conventional ways people tell you to grow a business mean that you grow the revenue, but you don't necessarily get to make more as the business owner. And that is so dumb. (laughs) I don't like that. Yeah, really. So what am I doing this for if I don't get to go to Chipotle one extra night a week? (laughs) (laughs) I just want more money for more burritos. But for real, guys, like. (laughs) Which sounds really good. We might have ordered Chipotle for curbside. (laughs) You would think if you doubled your revenue, that that means you could double your income. And if you're focused on the wrong things, not necessarily. So I think let's talk about some of the ways that people suggest you grow a business. And I don't think they're bad, but like, what do we need to do to reframe them so that you have the right focus? First of all, let's talk about what you should actually aim for. If it's not revenue, what should we be focused on, Emily? Profits. More profits, higher profit margins, increase those profit margins, make them bigger, larger, not smaller, bigger, more of them, higher numbers of profits. Okay. Are we clear? Not (laughs) smaller, bigger, bigger. Okay. 
So how do you do that? Yeah. So there's a lot that goes into that. One, you have two ways to grow your profits, really. There's really only two. You either decrease your expenses or you increase your revenue, or I suppose a combination of both. Most people, it's a combination of both, unless you're making the bridge from six figures to multiple six figures. Almost exclusively, if you're in that category, your expenses are about to skyrocket. But we need to make strategic buying behaviors because you can go in the wrong direction really quickly and those profits can just go bloop, 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 bloop. And tell the listeners how we know this. Because we did it. <laughs> to us, baby. And here's why we're telling you this. Seriously. Some of this is kind of like uncomfortable for us to talk about, or at least for me to talk about, because I'm like, yeah. oh, money. Sometimes we lost it and that sucked. But I'm telling you this because I truly, I can say this now. I maybe couldn't have said this a year and a half ago, but I can say this now. Despite all of the learning curve of that and what we're now kind of regurgitating back to you, it does not mean I'm not a good business owner. And it doesn't mean that I'm not a smart business owner. And it doesn't mean that I can't run a successful multi-million dollar company in spite or because and after all of those learning curves. And so I'm on the other side now. There were definitely seasons where I was like, who am I and why am I doing this? I clearly know nothing. I ran us into the ground. And that sucked. That feeling really, really sucked. But we persevered and we got through it and we learned some stuff and we like are in a much, much better spot now. That's why we're able to give some of these lessons. Literally like a year ago, Abby and I were like, should we do a podcast? No, we're not ready. Not ready. Not ready. Not ready. And we're finally starting to like be ready to kind of talk about some of those lessons learned. So I just want to say to you, like, even if your lessons aren't as (laughs) magnitude as ours were the past two years, the thought process is still there. And I just don't want you to convince yourself that one mistake or two years of mistakes means that you can't figure this out. Totally. Totally. I mean, am I embarrassed about some of the decisions we made? Am I frustrated or mad or pissed or whatever? Yeah, totally. But like, I don't think it has any repercussion on the long-term opportunity for us and for our business and for our growth and where we can go and what's possible. Because I do think we're focused on the right things now. We were chasing after what we thought we were supposed to be doing, which we thought meant having a bigger business. But what people are not suggesting you do is really identify what are you trying to accomplish with your business? And okay, number one, yes, impact. We want to see more women making more money, which is why we're doing a podcast talking about our mistakes. But we also have to remember, what is this trying to provide for us individually? You guys, it's our full-time income for both of us. And we're both the breadwinner in our household. And that, as women is a huge responsibility, especially when neither of us grew up with that being the normal thing. Oh, my mom was the breadwinner, but because she was a single parent. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean. (laughs) You know what I mean. (laughs) 
so we had a lot of money blocks to like overcome all on our own just to get to the point where we were even comfortable going after this amount of money in general. But then we started chasing the overall kind of revenue goal, thinking that's what made a successful business. And while I don't think it doesn't, like the people that go out and do that are incredible. But what I think a lot of you are seeing is the way big business operates. Like for instance, anyone who's ever watched an episode of Shark Tank, who's maybe caught on to some of the lingo, they're looking at a risk assessment, okay? They're trying to decide if I invest this amount of money, when am I going to get it back? And the way they understand that is profit, cost per acquisition, and the opportunity for an exit. But when you're looking at business on that scale, almost exclusively, you're talking about using cash as a form to get you the momentum you're looking for and to buy relationships. I don't think there's anything wrong with buying no, relationships. Do that. That's fine. But most of us small potatoes don't have hundreds and thousands of dollars to get ourselves at the seat of some tables that could make our squatty potty a reality in right. that short of a time span is what we're talking about. Because the, the thing that's been hard to wrap my head around as, as a huge fan of that show, but just as someone who's like looked at online business as a whole, a lot of the businesses that go on that show, we run a much larger business than they do with more revenue, which is bizarre. Yeah, just, just weird. But then you get someone with cash because that's what they're doing. They're injecting cash into a business and they're able to explode it. Now, if that's the theory, then you would think I need cash to do one of a couple of things. I'm going to utilize cash to invest in advertising, to get more people aware of my product, to sell more of my product, to make those relationships. You could use cash to buy PR. Almost all PR, you guys, is purchased. Okay? Are there some people that randomly land on the Today Show? Sure. But the people that are landing there at the right time with the right offer, you best believe they paid to show up on that show. Yep. And... Like backtrack it. Even if you didn't pay to be on that show, they paid to be in the group that met the person that introduced them to this per like you can trace everything back to a dollar bill. Don't think everything happens accidentally. Totally. Totally. Are there exceptions to the rule? Totally. But in general, the fuel here is cash. And the other kind of way you do this is if it's not buying traffic or buying people to end up on your email list, you're essentially buying emails. If you're not buying media spots, then you're buying actual human beings. You're buying their time for them to work for you. I know that sounds weird, but like you are paying someone to work for you to help you grow your business. But if you invest in the wrong people or they're working on the wrong strategies what is the I, wrong what is sorry <laughs> i'm looking out my window and our neighbor just got their 
lawn mowed, but it's from this gentleman who literally just rolled up in his Jeep Grand Cherokee with a lawnmower in the back. And I was just watching him put the lawnmower back in the back of his Jeep Grand Cherokee. And it was very funny because lawnmowers <laughs> don't go in the... Okay, sorry. He didn't get it on the first try is when, what happened. <laughs> I was like, what am I saying? That's so offensive. Anyway, okay. So the kind of other option is that you're paying for people's time so Mm -hmm. that they ideally are helping you grow your business. Now, there are pros and cons to every single one of these. And there are ways you can do it that are are not shoe-ins, but they're things that are just going to work better and things that are a gamble. And so I think... Just in general, we put too much fuel on the fire too quickly. But how would you describe it? Yeah, I mean, at the root, that's what it was. And I think what you're specifically talking about is with advertising. We saw a win and made the assumption that if we whatever X'd it, that it would continue to win. What we didn't know, and we've talked about this very briefly a while ago on the show, what we didn't calculate, because you don't know what you don't know, is as you scale up specifically ads and like paying for leads or paying for conversions, there's a time where you will lose money on that, usually. And that's okay, as long as you're making it up eventually. And we didn't factor in the time that it would take to make up that loss. And so we just kept pouring money to get more, but we were losing money sometimes on the front end and it would just take too long to then make up that money. So it was just this like dance of losing and getting a little bit and then losing more and then getting a little bit. And eventually those scales tip in not the great direction. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. What she's alluding to is you can have things work and still lose money on the front end and it could still be a good investment if Mm -hmm. you have the cash to back it up. Mm -hmm. But if you're small and you don't have a ton of savings, you can end up cash upside down essentially. And even if you are small and have a good amount of savings, because we did, and then we just used it. And, And so like, I just think that amount that you can blow through really quickly. I mean, it can happen in weeks. Right. Spending a year to make up for that loss. Right. So let me explain. And I will tell you on that particular instance, we had an upside down launch, which that was really the only time that it ever happened, but it was significant. But normally what you see people doing, and especially like going back to that Shark Tank comparison, when they talk about cost per acquisition, they are saying, how much do you have to spend on marketing on average for you to turn someone from someone on the street, someone on social to actually purchasing your product? So not how much it costs to get a lead. That's a cost per lead. A cost per acquisition is the cost for someone to become a customer. And honestly, it's a way more valuable statistic. Cost per lead is really just telling you kind of what's the health of your lead acquisition. Like if it's too overpriced, you either have something wrong with your page or your messaging is off or there's there's a lot that goes into it. But with cost per acquisition, you can actually see relative to what they're paying for, are you making a profit or not? And what we ran into is we were offering a $2,000 product and we had a really generous payment plan. And so while we were getting people to enroll, our cost per acquisition was higher 
than the initial payment, which was fine. But if you do that at scale, you're losing money up front that you're assuming you will capture on the back end. And we've done it successfully and done very well. And in this particular launch, we made assumptions about how that would work in a much larger pool and a much larger launch with more cash involved. And it did not convert at the same rate. And we lost too much cash up front that we weren't, we couldn't continue to spend at that scale. And thus, there's a tipping point where you have pre-spent the money for people to come in and they have not paid you back the money yet. And your cash starts going the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was like, I would say a solid two years of fixing. Because that was in 2018. Mm -mm. It wasn't? Mm -mm. It was a year ago. (laughs) So a year of fixing. Yeah, it took a year. But I do think there is a lot that goes on there. One, I think... If you are going to invest in advertising, I'm not saying don't do it. We do it. Oh we my God. Still we still do it. it. <laughs> advertising is not the problem. <laughs> no. Understanding your return, understanding timelines, understanding cash flow. Cash flow. Cash flow. That's the biggest lesson I would give anyone as a new business owner. Understand your cash flow. Because When you hear people talk about big launches, almost always they're talking about overall revenue that's projected. I Very few marketers are going to be like, so I made 20K up front, but it's projected out to be over 200,000. Right. No, they're telling you they had a multiple six-figure launch. And they did. They made those sales. A lot of those are under contract. If people don't pay, technically they could send them to collections. It could be a whole thing. But it's not cash in the door. And cash in the door is what monitors the health of your business and keeps you going and keeps you afloat. So like when you're starting out and you're kind of, I think this mostly applies to people who are bridging that gap from 100,000 to multiple six figures. I think this is where the biggest mistakes are made. Most of the time, people making that first 100,000 I truly believe in my gut, like with all my being, that you could do it without any VA, without any advertising, 100% organic, all on your own. 98% profit margins. Totally. 2% being your website and like Dubsado. (laughs) Right. Like a couple pieces of software all on your own. I totally believe in you. You can get there. If you want to scale past a certain point, You will need help. Not that you have to. I know everyone has their own tipping point. I truly believe. I think there's a point in which you will get frustrated with what organic is doing for you and want to grow faster. And I just wish more people would talk about the profit first. When I say profit first, I don't mean the profit first system at all. Not of saving money. I mean, literally... Like, I can finally say this with conviction now. It's like, I don't give a shit if you're a seven-figure business owner, if you personally are still making, like, 30 grand. 
Because what's the point? Right. We've definitely always made good money. And that was important to us from the beginning. Like we made good money out of the gate. I completely replaced my corporate salary that first year. And then we continue to make more money. But then the thing that got really frustrating really fast is when we made more. But we weren't able to be rewarded for that. Right. We weren't seeing the difference on our bottom line. And thus, we were working even harder, doing more things, marketing harder, and not necessarily seeing a difference on the back end. I have friends, you guys, you don't know who they are. Like you have literally no clue who these people are on the internet. They're rolling in the dope. (laughs) They are so focused on profit and serving their people well. Mm I've seen some people say this, and I'd be curious if you think it's true. Do you think you can either chase being rich or famous and you have to pick? Oh, that's a really good question. If we take like kind of celebrity culture out of this because they are rich and famous. So like we're not talking about like Brad Pitt here. I can see the validity in that you have to choose because I would see, you know, famous as being quick, being divisive, not worrying about making the funds yourself, but just like talking to the right people and saying the right things and being quick on your toes and doing whatever to get that. And then maybe you hope the money comes from that. But rich, rich, the kind of rich like that I love that I'm obsessing over is like the quiet little rich grandma. Like, we don't know. I want to be the quiet little rich grandma. And I don't need the famous flash. No. Well, and I don't need it, but I need it. (laughs) I'll be a little honest in that I definitely have a desire to have my name known and, like, want to have an impact attached to my name. But I don't want it to be at the sacrifice Mm -mm. of choosing Am I financially rewarded and am I able to take and reward my family? Am I able to leave a legacy financially? Because I think that was the deal. Like when I say like, oh, we wanted to make more money. We want more money. What's the point if you're only making this? It's not to like, oh, look at all this money I have. It's not to go. We've talked about this before, right? Where we're not the type of people and no shame in that game either. But like, that's just not where our game is, right? But to me... I am rewarded financially. And when I work harder, I want to be compensated for that. What I do with that is maybe different than what other people are going to do with that. But like that part doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're making a little amount of money, a medium amount of money, or a lot amount of money. If you are not getting rewarded for the harder you're working in that, it's going to feel old real fast. And you don't necessarily have to work harder to make more money either. That's also like a misconception. Don't. Don't. Right. Right. I think there's a lot of mistakes that can be made with advertising. I think we've made that clear. And that like, it's okay. And I'll tell you now, it took us a year. Mm -hmm. We got through some shit. We definitely had some misreporting happening on the back end. And was it was not a great scenario. But now I have a very clear understanding of how our cash works. I have a very clear understanding of what's coming in on a weekly basis. I know exactly to the penny, the amount of 
dollars we need to make on a daily basis to reach our monthly budget so that we can hit all of our numbers and our goals to pay our entire team and to have a nice, healthy profit at the end. I project profit into our budget. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not, oh, I'm going to get this and then the profit will show up. It is, I pre-calculated what needs to happen. So the budget exists with the profit already calculated. Yeah. So, which kind of leads to like the very beginning, what we talked about of, can you, can you set a goal to make less money and then end up making more money? And I want to talk about that for a second because yes, first of all, and that's exactly what we did at the end of last year, Abby and I sat down and we were like, if we have another year, like we've had in the last year and a half, we're done. I can't, I can't keep doing business like this because it's not fun anymore. It's exhausting. And it's really starting to piss me off. And that's not fun for anyone. Like that, that does not create a healthy space at all for anything for us to serve you, for us to be happy, for us to do work that we're proud of, none of it. And we were going to get there. Right. And so we both were like, okay, then let's F all the like double what we made and aim for this big, sexy revenue number and do this. Let's instead be totally cool with making what we made last year or even the year before with this profit. So that we know it's actually staying in the business and we don't have to stress about, "Mm, can we pay ourselves this month? Is that, is that going to set us back if we actually pay ourselves and like move forward with cash instead of treading water all year long? Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of that is just simply understanding how it works and like where it's going and how it's serving you and what's to come. And I think you can put too many eggs in certain baskets and diversification is important, but there's also a sense of like needing to focus. It's a lot. I get it. Now I do want to talk about people because I do think people tend to be, even before advertising, I think people tend to hire people. Yeah. And there's so much there. There's so much there. I will say if I could go back in time and not just one year, not just two years, but like the very beginning of us hiring people, we tended to hire for the things we were just overdoing, the things that exhausted us, the things that just felt like they weren't the best of use of our time. And I'm not saying that was a bad decision. It allowed us to focus on the things that we were ultimately better at. It allowed yep. us to focus on the things that allowed us to serve our students more. To clear, like, yeah. Yeah, all of it. I'm not saying it was bad. But much, much sooner, I would have focused on things that I knew had a clear connection to the people helping us grow our business. Because here's what was happening. We had lots of doers, lots of people doing things to keep our business running. But the only people focused on growth were the two of us. And as our business grew, that was not enough. No. And I think I've mentioned this before where I said, I think – I would have still started by having someone come in to take something off of our plate that we didn't like because I think I would still start with inbox management. That was like our second hire. I still think that would have been in the top three. But I think what I would have rather had us do is like a tennis match of like take something off our plate we don't like, find someone to 
to bring in money. Take off something we don't like, find someone to bring in money. And like alternate those roles or find someone who can like literally pay for themselves like with the thing that they're doing. That's also kind of taking something off of our plate. Like that, that don't have someone do too many roles, but have their role double dip in that sense. I would have paid attention to that sooner. Now, I do think it's a little, it's hard. I get that it's hard because most of the time when you're starting, I know very few people that went from just themselves to immediately hiring employees or immediately hiring someone in a large capacity for their business. Most of the time they went from nothing to hiring someone for a couple hours a week or 10 or 20 hours a month. And like the idea of bringing someone in on that capacity that also happens to grow their business. Right. It's tough Mm -hmm. because you have to hire the right people in Hiring the right people at a price point that you're that you comfortable with. Yeah. yeah. Hard. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because I'm having not that I'm hiring anyone for my side business. Please don't like, oh my God, what am I doing over here? But I've been like, oh, it'd be so nice to have someone like fucking package these orders or like glue these backs on or whatever. Just like shit I'm tired of doing. But having this conversation again is just like, okay. Yes, but is that actually going to be the thing that's going to help like move it forward or grow or be, or what do I want this side hustle to do and be? And so I think for product, physical product people, it's, it's a lot because there's so much that you can take off your plate that you don't like doing that takes a lot of time. And if you're hand making your things, then yeah, maybe you're saving that time and you can go bust out some more inventory and that does make you more money. But I want you to be thinking about all of those facets and not just like, I want to bring someone in to to get this off my plate. What else does that serve your business? Yeah. So with all of that being said, I don't want to like dance around it. I think what this requires is that you get really serious. I don't literally, it does not matter how much revenue the overall business brings in. Quit worrying about that. Nope. I learned that revenue is a vanity metric, hands down. All I want you to know is how much money do you want to make? How much money... What kind of raise do you want this year? What kind of raise do you want next year? What kind of raise do you want two months from now? If you're focused on that, then you can build a budget, which I know it doesn't sound sexy, but you can build a budget around that that allows you to have a healthy business. Like at our stage, I think on average, our paycheck has been really low and that it's really only been like 9, 10, 12% of our overall revenue. I think I'd like to get that to more like 20, 30%. But I also want to make sure we're still packing in profit because as you scale, no one tells you this unless you learn it the hard way or I'll tell you, you simply need more cash in the bank the bigger your business, because you go through more cash more quickly. And like, 
When I run payroll, it is a little painful, (laughs) not just because we're paying us, but we're paying a whole team of people and it all comes out on the same day of the month, you guys. (laughs) And so like, if you haven't planned for that, if you haven't built a business around what your expenses are, you're going to end up in a pickle. And like, it's not that we didn't plan. I don't want to like portray that we were just like walking around the internet trying to just make more money and we were just like, throwing shit at a wall and hoping it worked. Like there was a lot of discussion there, but I think there was a lot of things we didn't simply understand or had guidance around. And I don't see a ton of people, not that it doesn't happen, but I didn't see a ton of people growing as quickly as we were. And so we were trying to make decisions that I thought we were supposed to be making because we were like on this trajectory. And like, if that's what people who do, who make seven figures, like, then that's what we need to be doing. We need to have these people in these kind of roles. We need to have employees. We need to like all of this stuff. And so I think my camp now, lean, mean, focused on profit, care way less about how much money we make. I don't care. You guys can talk about it behind our backs. You can say, I can't believe those girls don't make a million dollars yet. Great. I bet you anything we make more money, that we pay our families more, that we have more time with our family. And we've been able to keep our entire team during the shit show that is 2020. Yeah. We didn't let anyone go. We gave someone a raise yesterday. Yep. That's good business. (laughs) That feels good. I'm not saying we have all the answers. We don't. We had to make a ton of mistakes and likely you will too. But if I can gift you anything, it's that who cares how much money the business makes? How much do you want to make? How do you want to take care of your family? What is this serving for you? Is it really just for fun? If it's just for fun, you want to be famous and you like step into that, then do it. I'm not saying don't. I don't know. What's your final thoughts on all this? Girl, (laughs) make that paper however you need. Don't listen to us. Don't listen to anyone else. I think it's so funny of how, like, (laughs) we talk all the time to our students about, like, keep your eyes on your own paper, do your own thing. And for the longest, we were like, oh, if this is what other businesses who are trying to reach this goal are doing, then we need to do that too. And we just didn't stay focused on, like, how we actually liked running a business. And when we finally got back to that, guess what? things turned around and things felt fun and good and we made more money again. And so always, always, always rely on what feels good and fun and easy. Not that it won't take work, but like that the decision is easy. You know what I mean? That doesn't hurt your brain that much and go to that and order a burrito. Like it doesn't feel like it goes against who you are. I feel like there was some decisions there for a while that like, I'm like, well, I think this is what we're supposed to do and it didn't feel really good. And I don't really like how it's set up, but like, that's we'll what people it. are doing. Yeah. Not no more. No. I'm done with that. I'm, I'm over it. So go make some more profits this year, kids. Okay. Yeah. Let us know. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. 
Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.